last week at John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17, as we head towards Easter. And that was about loving the ones we are with. And if you missed that, that is recorded and on the web, One Beach Church. Following from that passage today, we're going to look at John chapter 13, verses 18 to 38. John 13, 18 to 38. And this is about living alongside people that don't love us. Living alongside people that don't love us. And last week we saw how Jesus modeled servanthood. Two great examples are one of cleaning, cleaning the disciples' feet, and then at the end of the book of John, um, providing catering a barbecue breakfast for seven of his friends. What an amazing person Jesus is, amazing God, to serve in such a sacrificial way. Who could not love such a person like that, such a God? So nice. Jesus is so nice. And people like nice people. Wait, people love nice people, right? Uh, that's mostly true, but not always. I remember one time, a couple of years ago, we were praying in church, after church, for a guy. And he would have to be one of the top ten nice guys I've ever met. He was, he was kind. He was happy, he was generous, he was great with kids. Um, really, really nice guy. And But we were praying with him because he, he was getting a lot of hassle. He was actually being um, bullied at his work. And he couldn't understand it. And people couldn't understand it. And the guy who was praying with me, uh, as we were praying, he said, oh, do, do they know you're a Christian? And he said, ah, I think so. I th- uh, I've read my, my Bible at work uh, a few times. And my prayer partner said, well, that's the reason. It's, it's a spiritual thing. They don't like you because you're a Christian. And we're going to look at, at that sort of theme today. So let's read John chapter 13. This will come up on your screens. Verses 18 to 38. John 13, 18 to 38. I'm not referring to all of you, Jesus says. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill this passage of Scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me, accepts the one who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Verse 22, his disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple who Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and and said, ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. 
28. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Jesus had, sorry, as soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. Verse 31. When he was gone, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told you, told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you can not follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So we see here, you see here, this is almost like a line, like a, like a spectrum from love to hate. And on that line, it's like uh, we're going to look at three individuals. We can place them on that, on that spectrum. Verse 23, it talks about the disciple whom Jesus loved. The disciple whom Jesus loved. Most likely this was John, the brother uh, of Zebedee. Sorry, the son of Zebedee, the brother of James. This designation, the one whom Jesus loved, is also used in chapter 19 and chapter 20 and chapter 21. Verse 27, right at the other end of that line, of that spectrum, we see the traitor Judas, who decides to go through of it and betray Jesus to his enemies and receive payment for it. Then verse 38, in the middle somewhere, is Peter, who disowns Jesus, says he doesn't even know him, even though he went everywhere with Jesus for three years. So love, hate, and somewhere in between. And in John 15, Jesus teaches his disciples to expect the same. People will hate you, will persecute you, and disobey you. 25, it says, with out reason, without reason, the same way they have done to me, without reason. My friend was at Bible college. There was a guy there who saw himself as something of a modern-day prophet, Old, Old Testament, like an Old Testament prophet. In fact, he prided himself in being disliked, and he would say, people don't like me. People don't like me because I'm prophetic. And my mate said, uh, no, nah, that's not the reason. People don't like you because you're a horrible person. You're nasty. So what, what we're talking about today is not, uh, is not being disliked for a reason, but being, being disliked or hated without reason. How do we handle people that are on the wrong end of the spectrum? 
people who without reason hate us. And there's four sort of four sort of things. And I want to think about them using body parts. First one is head, the head. And for us to know that some people will hate us, even if you're nice, even if you're nice, you will be disliked, even hated. And the opposition we receive is not always logical. At times, verse 27, it's just pure spiritual. Judas allowed himself to be influenced by Satan and to do the wrong thing. And so he hated Jesus without reason. Wasn't logical, was spiritual. So the head. Second thing is the heart. Love your enemies. At this meal in John 13, uh, everyone got their feet washed by Jesus. Everyone got catered for the dinner by Jesus. Everyone, even Judas, even Peter. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for your persecutors. Now, this is a, um, a particularly Christian thing. I remember in West Africa, when we were missionaries in West Africa, we had a um, language helper. His name was Eddie. And he, he would help us um, learn, learn the tribal language we were learning and help us translate. And uh, so he said one time, he said, I, I, I like and I understand a lot of the, the Christian teaching. He said, but there's one thing that I, I cannot get my head around, and that is loving your enemies. And man, it is something amazing, isn't it? It's something so, so unique and particular. Love your enemies. So there's the head, there's the heart, uh, and there's the hands. And for, for the hands, this, this is to do with sticking to your knitting. Stick to your knitting. Keep doing what God, what the Lord has called you to do. One of the ways Satan uses conflict is to distract us. One of the temptations of conflict is to drop our knitting needles and to go out and get our boxing gloves on and get our jukes up and go for it. But stick to your knitting. Jesus communicates, John 13, verse 36, I will go and do what I and the Father have decided for me to do and decided to do. I and the Father have a plan and I won't be distracted. In the Old Testament, in the first book of Kings, there's the kingdom of the 12 tribes was fragmenting after Solomon's reign. And uh, Judah and Benjamin were about to go to war against, against the rebellion and apostate tribes of the north. As the man of God comes, 1 Kings 12, 24, and he has this word from God. The fighting men of Judah and Benjamin, they're all suited up with their armor and they had their weapons on. And uh, in their loyalty to God and the kingdom, they're ready to go to war. But a man of God comes and he has this word from God. And he says, from the Lord, don't go to war against your brothers. Go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. Don't go to war against your brothers. Go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. Go home and stick to your knitting. Genesis chapter 13, Abraham's family and nephew, uh, his nephew Lot's family, both had been blessed by the Lord and their flocks had uh, increased, their possessions had increased. And there was conflict that was starting to come between the two families. And Abraham says, yeah, you and I are brothers, let's not fight. 
you choose one way to go with your flocks and positions, and I'll choose another direction with my pockets and positions. Similar to Acts 15, in Acts 15, Paul and Barnabas had this big argument over an individual called Mark, and um, Barnabas wanted to take him on a mission, short-term mission trip, and Paul didn't, and so they're having this argument, and in the end, they, they, they decided to go in different directions. Uh, Barnabas takes Mark, Paul takes Silas, and goes in another direction. It's, okay, where you go. You go this way, I'll go that way. Letters, on voyage. Someone said this, one of the fine arts of gracious living is the art of living freely with our critics. When we have the grace to be free in the presence of those who judge our lives and evaluate our actions, we have Christian freedom. You know, in reality, uh, we would love it if God would smoke them, like, like fully smoke, like, like a full-on smoking, like seriously smoke, smoke to smithereens. Normally, God doesn't do that. Someone said this, critics won't go away, but they will get left behind. The thing is this, God can sort it out, and he does. Deuteronomy 32 and 35, it's repeated in Romans 12. It is mine to avenge. I will replay, says the Lord. In due time, their foot will slip. It is mine to avenge. I will replay. In due time, their foot will slip. So, hands, stick to your knitting. Head, heart, hands, sticking to your knitting. And lastly, feet. And in some ways, it's contrast to the heart one. And you know, it's one of those things that proves that scripture helps interpret scripture. And for the feet, this is verse 27. It's about social distancing. Jesus said to Judas, I'm going to let you go. Where you go, Judas, you go and do what you're going to do. When Jesus is giving out his instructions to his disciples to minister in a town and villages in Matthew chapter 10, for instance, if people, he says this, Jesus says this, if people won't welcome you and won't accept you and start hassling you, walk away. Don't, don't go to war against them. Don't duke it out with them. Walk away. Wipe the dust from your feet. Letters in Nohora. You know, in the Gospels, on 41 occasions, Jesus either walks away or allows people to walk away and doesn't stop them from doing so. You know, what do you do with a virus? What you don't do is invite it for dinner. You don't invite a virus in and give it hugs and kisses and allow a virus to infect other people in your bubble. You isolate it. Titus 3.10, and it's echoed in Romans 16.17. When a device, warn a divisive person once, warn them twice, then have nothing to do with them. 1 Timothy 5.19. Don't entertain an accusation against an elder unless it's backed up by two or three witnesses. You know, some people, they just love to make crazy, love carnage, love chaos. And so don't keep giving them hugs. Uh, social distance them, allow them not to infect others. Um, similar to last week, we're going to finish on the beach, back on the beach, John chapter 21, verses 20. 21 and 22, and Warren will throw this up for us. 
And by the way, the Prime Minister has said uh, to self-isolate, not surf-isolate. But if you are surfing, there's no dropping in. John chapter 21 on the side of the lake. Have you got that one, Warren? Thank you, Warren, for all you do. It's fantastic. John chapter 21, verses 20, 21, and 22. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who leaned back against Jesus at the supper, the one Jesus loved, and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. So here we are again. Here we are again. The disciple who Jesus loved. The disciple whom Jesus loved. But Peter asked him, what? What about him? And Jesus says, none of your business. You follow me. What about him? None of your business. You follow me. And we can really trouble ourselves with worrying about, about who, who really, really loves Jesus and who really, really hates Jesus and who is lukewarm and, and where everyone is on that love-hate scale. But Jesus says, don't worry about them. Don't worry about their ministry or their destiny or even their intimacy with me. That's none of your business. You follow me. Your business is to follow me. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. This is the last in our discipleship series. And this is what it's about at the end of the day. It's about following Jesus. You decide to follow Jesus and not get all worried about what other people are doing, how much they love or hate Jesus. But you follow Jesus. What a great... What a great, great God to pursue. What a great God who pursues us. Follow Jesus. Decide to do that. Concentrate on that. Today, even. Today, even. If you haven't decided to do that, do that today. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, God. What a great God. What a great God. Where people hate you, it's not logical. But you still uh, call us to follow you. As you called Peter on the beach all those years ago, and one who had uh, failed you, as we fail you sometimes, and you still call out to us to follow you. And thank you. You're a God of second chances. And today, Lord, we ask that you'd speak to some people and if they haven't made that decision or if they need to make it again, that they would say, today, I decide to follow you. Thank you, mighty God. Amen.